This episode is brought to you by Lightstream, the nation's premier online consumer lender. Lightstream offers low-interest fixed-rate loans from $5,000 to $100,000 for practically any purpose. We thank them for making our show a possibility. A lesbian. Black queer human being. We are two gay dads. I am a transgender man. Trans woman. Bisexual, non-binary, single parent by choice. Can I ever have nice things? I just want <laughs> nice things. He just got spit up on. <laughs> Hi folks. Um, it's Jay here. I'm here solo because E could not make it for this intro. But I do have two very, very special guests to introduce our guest interview for today and you might hear the the noises and rufflings in the background of my two special guests so i'm going to have them introduce themselves right here right now who are you who are you my friend i'm orion and and i'm five that's orion he's five and i have over here i am rose and i am eight rose who's eight and i have my kids here to introduce our guest because our guest for this show is Linz, Linz Amer of Queer Kids Stuff. So Queer Kids Stuff is an entertainment and educational company that brings LGBTQ and social justice media to kids and families. And they make videos, they make podcasts, they make make newsletters and a lot more. Um, And they're really badass and they're helping to make this world a better place for families and children and everyone in it. We just watched one of the episodes of Queer Kid Stuff together this morning, and my kids have learned something. So Rose, Rose, she's doing cartwheels. She's doing cartwheels right now. Okay, Rose, come on over, please. Come on over. Can you tell us, what does queer mean? It means different in a good way. Queer means different in a good way. Am I queer? Yes. Yes. And is that a good thing? Yes. Orion, can you tell us, what does gay mean? It means love. It means love. Is gay a good thing or a bad thing? Good. It's a good thing. Is mommy and mama gay? Yes, we're gay. Right. Okay. If you are a boy and you love a boy, is that gay? Yes. And if you're a girl and you love a girl, is that gay? Yes. And is there anything wrong with that? No. No. Okay, thanks. Thanks. Got anything else to say about gay? Nope. Nope. Okay, thanks for your time. It's hard to talk to our kids about queer kids stuff just because, you know, there's a stigma around queerness and gayness in society. Um, But, you know, Linz has done the good work and has created content that explains all of this stuff in a kid-friendly way that is easy for them to digest. And then, as you see, it sparks conversations between the parents and the kids. And then you can go a little deeper if you want to. And clearly, my kids have deeper to go, especially my five-year-old. But anyway, in this conversation with Linz, we talk about gender uh, what it means to be queer, what it means to be an ally, as well as Linz's plans for their possibly soon-to-come family-building journey with their wife. Um, we're making babies over here again, like always. Oh, and also, they've been an egg donor twice. I mean, this conversation is bomb, and Linz is doing so much more than just queer kid stuff. They're an author, they have an upcoming book, they tour shows for kids, they're a podcaster. I'm excited to bring this episode to you. So I'm gonna have Helen. Helen is being super nice to me today because Helen knows that I'm alone with my kids and I had to work with my kids and it's been tough, it's been tough. So uh, Helen, thank you so much. Thank you, Helen. Go ahead and roll that tape. Thank you. Thank you. 
Hi, Linz. Hey, Linz. Hello, hello. Hi. <laughs> it's so wonderful to have you here, Linz. And we know also that your sound is going to be beautiful because Linz <laughs> has their own beautiful podcast recording studio setup, and they mm. look very professional. Very. Mm. Yes. I try. Yes. <laughs> You're succeeding. <laughs> I'm <laughs> and glad. I love the queer kid stuff yeah. behind you and the, your background. It's, you win. That's yeah. a great background. The whole business is there and shining. And that just that just kind of like leads us into what what we're here to talk about and who Linz is. So Linz, without further ado, why don't we have you give us your 30-second elevator pitch? Who are you and why are you here talking to these ovaries right now? For sure. Let's do it. Hi, everyone. My name is Linz Amer. I use they, them pronouns. I'm queer and trans non-binary, and I make queer stuff for kids and families. You probably know me best from my web series called Queer Kid Stuff that I started in 2016 and ran for four seasons, 50 episodes, four million views. Been a wild ride. Um, I also do a lot of other things. I perform at schools and libraries all, all over the country and virtually. I write for children's television and consult over there. I am an author. I'm a podcaster um, and a whole lot of other stuff. <laughs> I'm Ooh. also a person <laughs> with a <laughs> lot of identities and, and who lives in the world um, that we all do. I'm not just uh, some ephemeral creator, but um, yeah, that's me. Oh my God, Linz. Awesome. You just blew it out of the park. That was amazing. That was <laughs> awesome. And just, just a little uh, heads up, we have something in common. You write for TV shows. Mm -hmm. I do voices for TV Ooh, shows. Oh, I didn't know that you were a voiceover actor. That's wonderful. Yes, yes. And I act in TV shows. So yes. there you go. Amazing. So all, yes. <laughs> Love um, it. So we'll have to powwow. Well, maybe we create our own queer kids uh, animated thing. kids show. You know what? With, I'm working on it. I'm trying to make it happen. You so, you know. You're, you're doing all the good things. You all are doing them. all the good things. So let's like take it to the beginning. You You started with queer kid stuff can mm -hmm. you talk about like where that came from and what it is and you know yeah, totally it's super successful it's fucking amazing <laughs> and i for one love it as a queer mom so take us through it yeah totally so um i come from theater um that's kind of my undergraduate background and when i was an undergrad i really fell in love with theater for young audiences and like children's storytelling i didn't totally understand my identity or my gender yet but there was definitely something like queer about me i wasn't like you know a soprano ingenue right and so i wasn't right. really getting cast and like i wanted to be in rehearsal rooms and and all this stuff so i i fell into children's theater and um, I was also taking like queer theory classes at the same time and I was looking at these like two kind of spaces that I was really falling into and leaning hard into and really mm -hmm. loving and I wondered why they couldn't talk to each other and I kind of went into theater and I was like where are all the queer stories right. where are the queer mm. characters and they just really weren't there there may be like a handful of plays yeah like barely any especially and I'm from like a musical two or theater three. world yeah right and in the yeah. musical theater world most of like all of my guy friends from musical theater mm -hmm. come on we're all gay they're all yeah. they were all you know and there are no characters in musical theater to Not represent enough. yeah 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 very few i guess very more are coming up but when i was I in understand. school and yeah. yeah i think it's great that theater for young audiences gripped me too mm -hmm. in, after undergrad so Same. i understand and i was doing african folk tales mm -hmm. to students in forsyth county north carolina mm -hmm. when i went to school and i have loved it and I started doing it, you know, like you, I just, yeah. we have lots of intersectionality. That's oh, yeah. the word of the 
My first tours were children's theater tours. We have so much in common. Amazing. Yeah, Yeah, I totally come from the musical theater world. I'm like very, very slowly dipping my toes back in right now because it's a it's a little bit of a toxic space. Oh, honey. Yes, it is. Um, So I'm being very, very cautious about moving into it. Um, But yeah, that was kind of my background. And I went off to grad school and I did a year in London and like did some weird performance art stuff, which um <laughs> you can see kind of kernels of in my work <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. and like the in-your-faceness of it. And I was like homesick and watching a lot of YouTube and <laughs> I was like, okay, this is a space where there are a lot of kids and there's a lot yeah. of educational content and um, there's a lot of queer people there. And yeah. so I was just kind of like, what if I made like an educational preschool show for kids about queer stuff like what does gay mean and i remember Bomb idea and i remember Bomb. googling what does gay mean one night to be like okay what is this what could this project look like and the only things that came up were like school resources and like a di- dictionary definition that like had the derogatory term in the definition and oh like a couple of things for like parents and educators but there really wasn't anything to like directly answer that question for young people yeah and so when i came back to the states i like you know in the traditional like theater of it all I grabbed a couple of friends and found a free space that I could use and someone who had a camera and like sort of knew how to work it and we shot the pilot episode and uh it all just kind of snowballed from there and now we've had like yeah four seasons of episodes over 50 videos um it ran from 2016 through 2019 and uh still really has a life i mean the hundreds of thousands of views every every pride um i feel like it's become even more relevant than when i was initially Mm. doing it um yeah i tour a show whenever i get gigs at schools and libraries um yeah that's kind of how it came to be that's wow man what was your first episode what was the what was it about Um, I think we actually started with unicorns are queer horses. So I wanted to do kind of like a a queer theory for preschool as a way to kind of like start it off. I mean, I had queer in the title. And so I was Uh like, all right, we're going to have to establish what that means because it's the name of the series. And I also wanted to really couch the entire series in like a philosophy and values of like we're talking about queerness and that means like the lgbt community that means we're talking about gender in like trans and non-binary ways and queer ways we're talking about queerness as difference as a special kind of difference we're Mm. talking about like queer from really the academic use of the term and how do we simplify that in a way that kids can access it and understand Uh it and i wanted that to really be a through line for the full series so i started with that video and then we went to the what is gay which is the more like seo google friendly yeah (laughs) episode yeah it's awesome you know like speaking like it's great for uh, it's great for all kids and i'm thinking mainly of like my daughter she's almost nine Mm -hmm. she has gay moms Mm -hmm. you know and it feels very much a part of the queer community Mm -hmm. and so for her to be able to watch things like this and see her family represented and talked about as this amazing community and to be able to share it with friends so they can learn i just like what a gr- I, hats like, off to you hats That's off amazing. and then also why isn't it bigger that's what i want i mean it's huge yeah but why the fuck isn't this even bigger like the kind of things that e and i hear all the times when we talk to tv executives about the shows that we're shopping that are mm-hmm. spinoffs of our show it's always oh, it's just so niche our audience isn't ready for this yet and, and I, yeah 
Yeah. Go ahead. And I think, no, I just, I'm agreeing with you completely. It gets, I'm so passionate about it. I apologize for interrupting. We're not niche. We're actually more the norm than the non-queers because we don't shun people regardless of your gender identity, your uh, sexual, why can't I think of the word? Lord (laughs) Jesus. You know, we don't, we just don't shun. We are an open door community and it's beautiful and wonderful. And I think that your programming makes me realize that all the kids who have questions and are just curious, mm-hmm. they're all in our, so we got all the kids in the queer, uh, queer family. I, my, my hot take is that all kids are queer, actually. I think so. Too. Yes, well, me too. Listen, listen, Linz, I, I have this theory that everybody's actually queer. They just don't mm. know it yet. They just Everybody don't has, know. it's like that, it's like that song in, um, Avenue everybody's Q. a little queer. Everybody's a little <laughs> bit queer. Everybody's got a little bit of queerness in them. You just have to find it. You got to find your queer. Because um, this is the best way to be. Don't we all know this? Come on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, you can be true to yourself and not listen to other people's idea of who you're supposed to be. Speaking of which, you mentioned that you are non-binary mm-hmm. and trans. Mm-hmm. I am as well. I would mm-hmm. love to hear about your journey and when it started. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I didn't come out as non-binary until I was in my mid-20s, so like 25-ish. And I was actually well into doing queer kid stuff. Um, I started the web series using she, her pronouns and um, Lindsay as my full name. And uh, it was something I really discovered kind of through doing the web series and embedding myself doing the work, but also like as I was doing the work and embedding myself more in activist communities and deeper into queer culture, um, I started, I, um, I'm i sure a lot of people read Autostraddle um, in this audience. Um, and I went to, they used to do a camp um, called A Camp. And I went to one of them where it was just like, you know, a bunch of queers in the woods. <laughs> for a couple of days and it was one of the first places where I'd ever been where they then pronouns were like just normalized around me and I was just mm-hmm. in a space where that was like not even a second thought and mm-hmm. it sort of like clicked for me I was like oh that's maybe something that could feel good for me and I started like asking my girlfriend at the time now wife um to use they then pronouns for me and it just kind of stuck And like, I mean, this is the way I think about coming out is that like, I just stopped lying and started to just live in my truth and authenticity and people kind of followed me and figured it out. Um, So I came out as non-binary when I was about 25, 26 in the middle of queer kid stuff. You could, you look like that. You're not far from that age now so i mean (laughs) okay so okay thank you for giving some context i didn't mean to out you about your age you're fine okay great Um, lovely young face well thank you um (laughs) i i moisturize um (laughs) um i yeah and so i was kind of going through that and figuring it out and i actually ended up writing a non-binary coming out arc into queer kid stuff um so if you you look in like it's like the third or fourth season one of the it's kind of like toward the later end of it um but i wrote like a three episode arc of like me i like did a coming out episode where i came out to teddy as non-binary um and it's just it's really cool that that like lives on the internet that i did that for myself um yeah but yeah so that happened and then i i i didn't identify as trans at the time and that's something that's come up over the last couple of years of like 
figuring out that I'm a part of the trans community and like where I sit in my non-binariness and mm-hmm. and and transness feeling right for me too. Um, and that sort of started happening the last few years. Um, it's been a an interesting Saturn return for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are in the ending of your Saturn Very, return. I'm in the end. Thank goodness. You're you, oh gosh. It, let me tell you something. <laughs> So much better. So the late 30s are kind of, yeah. But once you cross <laughs> over to the other side, the 40 side, it's so just close. party. You're so you're not close, but it's all right. You'll, <laughs> I'm close you'll get to there. being <laughs> out of my Saturn return is what I'm excited yes. about. Yes, um, absolutely. And then I got top surgery last J- January. And that was kind of now it's kind of been a year of me like living in my body in a gender euphoric way, like all the time for the first time in my oh. life. So I've just been like learning a lot about myself um, now that I don't have that that like dysphoria weight on me um so yeah that's kind of been my gender journey i'm that's still amazing. you know on it in a lot how, of ways but how did your family and friends and is it still a work in progress because it seems like it's been a long time for you well relative to my journey started maybe a year ago if mm. that so well, i'm welcome still to the club yeah. <laughs> thank you <laughs> i've always been here i just didn't know exactly. i was exactly yeah um, he always leans in a little bit closer when we do these interviews because, mm-hmm. you know, this is this I'm learning journey yeah. is, and I'm learning this journey is a journey. Yeah. Ugh. And like I've been out for six ish years now and like I'm still on it, you know, yeah. like there's still a lot that I'm learning and like listening to other trans people and like just being embedded in the space. It's it's oh so important to like learn. And it's not about how you look. No, you know no, what I mean? That's the thing that I get a lot of grief mm-hmm. about from outside people, my friends and family. It's not about how you look. Mm-hmm. It's about how you are yeah. in yourself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think that's hard for people sometimes. I don't know why, but, you know. Well, I think it has so much to do with, like, the ways that gender is embedded in everything we do and, like, yes. how how intensely we are taught from I mean, in utero, right? Like, like about like the gender binary and like, you know, really rigid structures around gender and gender roles and stereotypes in our world. And it just, it takes a lifetime to deconstruct them and not even. And I think it, and so much of it has to do with, you know, that lens on perception of our bodies and how we express our gender. It's, it's really, really complicated. And I mean, for my family's journey, I mean, it's it's been you know a learning process i think for everyone i my parents still aren't awesome about my pronouns all the time um i've i've found that like my sisters are really incredible advocates for me and have been mm. really really helpful in that way um for our wedding my sister sent out a little email <laughs> to my family that was actually really really wonderful where she kind of talked about how she like had to shift her perspective of like how she thought of me throughout my entire life and like her understanding that like I have always been non-binary and she and she pulled an image of me like as a kid and was like that's like that's a non-binary child (laughs) and like it's so obvious when you would look at those photos and I think that that is what maybe helped my parents especially like really think about it and like and shift their view of my gender from like okay going from like a being a woman to now being non-binary like that's not the actual narrative right i've always been non-binary i was just incorrectly identified as a woman for most of my life yes that's you oh. know that makes me think of the conversation e that we had with Jesse Hempel she wrote um uh the uh, the family outing it's a new book and it's mm. 
she tells a story about how basically everybody in her family ended up coming out mm-hmm. at some point. Um, and her brother, she has a trans brother, mm-hmm. um, and she says she really grappled with writing him in mm-hmm. and had a conversation with him. Like, well, how do I, how do I talk about you as a baby as opposed to as you are now? And th- she had this huge reckoning with herself and was like so um, overwhelmed with how hard it was for her to figure out that, oh, yeah, he and her our brother just said in the end, he said something like, I've always been me. It's mm-hmm. just me. Why can't yeah. you just call me me? And that, you know, and yeah. how it, she, it was like a huge awakening to her. And, and it was eye opening that she had such a difficult time figuring that out, mm-hmm. even though she's super supportive and loving of her brother and his journey and all this stuff. But it, it's, um, it's interesting and it's layered and it's deep Very. and it's, there's so much to this. I mean, that's true for any human identity too, though, right? True, true. Right. We just don't but think, I think about it in that way. Absolutely. We're trying to, I believe that we're all getting to the point where we're trying to, uh, we will bust out of these confines Mm. of all of these labels Mm -hmm. because there's so much intersectionality and over, you know, it's just at some point we just have to realize we're all the same race. We're all the same species. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and that's what means everything. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that it's really important and shows like yours, Linz, are super important because I think about my son, who's five, and despite the fact that we are trying to raise both of our kids without this gender binary, without them thinking that boys' things are boys' things and girls' things are girls' mm-hmm. things, and trying to be like open with our language with them and open with all this stuff, um, he seems to just, it's ingrained in him that he is very binary boy mm-hmm. and he only likes blue. And it's like this yeah. thing that I'm constantly trying to chip away at. Mm. And it's hard, and I don't know how. And he, like, he'll even say, "I don't like girls." And I'm like, "I'm a girl. We're, you live with only girls. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, what are you, you know?" But we're chipping away at it, and so mm-hmm. that's why it's super important for me to be able to like put this on and say, "Look, check this out. Look at what. Mm-hmm. Look at this amazing show that's that's created for you, for mm-hmm. you to watch, and that you're going to be entertained by and learn a lot as well." Yeah. So. And I, I mean, and, and so I wrote this parenting book that's like about um, queer and gender affirming kind of like parenting, child rearing education strategies. And for me, it's like not even about just like chipping away at like gender binary rigid roles and stuff like that. For me, it's about just like exposure to other options mm. and like showing people like what it is about like queerness and and gender identity are just like this vast part of like human experience and identity Mm. and there's just been so much in the way of being able to communicate that that it's all it is about kids is just showing them like okay this is all like the potential that you could be in the world and like it's your job to explore and discover things about yourselves and figure out where you fit that has nothing to do with what gender you were assigned at birth by a doctor based on your genitalia right 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 all right folks as you know whether you are on your baby making journey you're about to start it or way past it and just maybe you want to get something nice for yourself that's not an expensive lgbtq plus baby um but before you do that you want to get rid of any outstanding debt you may have we've got something for you Now might be the time to consolidate any debt you may have before interest rates get too high. And interest rates are seriously on the rise right now. This is what we've heard. 
But you can pay off your credit cards faster with a low fixed rate loan from Lightstream. Rates start at 7.99% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. Plus, the rate is fixed, so it will never go up over the life of the loan, which is actually a really great point with these loans. It's great. And just for our listeners, apply now to get a special interest rate discount and save even more. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash OCT. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash O-C-T. Disclaimer, subject to credit approval, rates range from 7.99% APR to 23.99% APR and include a 0.50% auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash OCT for more information. Go ahead and do that. Do that now. You had this beautiful run and the show is still popular. Mm-hmm. Why'd you why'd you stop creating it? What what happened there? A lot of different reasons. Um I moved states, so I no longer had access to the free studio where I filmed it. Um and my crew, um, that was just a, a bunch of wonderful queer friends who helped me make it possible. Um yeah. it was expensive. Um and YouTube sucks. Um and in I, what way? Like I went through get... just so much harassment. Um, uh, and like I was gonna I, ask about this. Yeah. Yeah, it it, it was it was really, really bad. <laughs> um, oh. and this was before um Copa um, you know, smacked YouTube on the hand. Um mm. and I mean I, I didn't have any comments enabled because and now you are not allowed to on kids' content. Um, but that was something that YouTube figured out. Um, but it was just it was really bad and it took a huge toll on my mental health. And I'm currently suing YouTube yeah, you <laughs> because are. of that. Yeah. Um and uh yeah i'm like working through the trauma i have around it and it was that just sucks yeah it it really did suck because it's it's something and i'm gonna get emotional about this but like uh, queer kid stuff is something that i love so dearly it mm-hmm. has given me so so much i love that i gave that to the world and i would love nothing more than to bring it back and to breathe new life into it it sucks that it's on youtube but that is the place where it has had a life and has had an audience and i want it to always be a free and publicly available resource because i think it is necessary for it to be while we don't have content like it otherwise so i will never take it down from youtube unless i can find a different free platform that isn't as as bad but, um, we, need, yeah. we need like Rosie O'Donnell to create just a queer network, just a queer representational queer network <laughs> for all things queer. Just somebody for, uh, oh, create the network that is safe <laughs> for us. We need one so for that, kids content is the thing because uh, yeah. mm-hmm. Reverie is actually a, a, a streaming oh, platform, yeah. an app that is um, LGBT content exclusively. Um, they're oh, a, God, they're I hope we're notes. on that. I got to check it out. <laughs> they're we're going to make sure we're on that. <laughs> Reverie. Um, but they don't really have kids content. This is the thing right. is that like it's it, kids content generally gets really siloed from uh-huh. the rest of the entertainment world and then even more so when it's queer because queerness and kids are just so stigmatized yes. um and it's i mean we're recording this the monday after the colorado springs yeah. um mm, shooting exactly. um and uh, there's been a lot of headlines that have talked about the fact that they had scheduled an all ages drag story hour um i believe that weekend or today or the, something the, like that. T- it was supposed to be sunday 
Yeah. So the shooting happened Saturday. It was supposed to be Sunday. That's what breaks my heart the most. Yeah. Like that really cut to the core. Yes. Hardcore. Yeah, it's tough. Um, And I think that we're seeing... I mean, it's it's been it's been pretty wild this last year because all of the harassment that I got. I mean, I have fifty different spellings of the word pedophile on my block list on YouTube, right? And like yeah. groomer, like all those things. Uh, I mean, <laughs> there was lots of like drink bleach and people tweeted nooses at me and swastikas and and um, the oh the anti semitism was is was rough. I'm so um, sorry you had to go through that. That's... I appreciate that. Um, I, I bring it up. I don't, I don't love talking about it, but I bring it up because, um, I'm seeing it. I've been out of kind of like that spotlight for a little bit uh, for Mm -hmm. mostly on purpose, um, (laughs) to recover a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. but also to be able to like make things in my own space and establish my ground because I wasn't totally ready for queer kids stuff to take off in the way it did at the time um it was ahead of its time but it was also like ahead of me a lot (laughs) like imagine the first project you do out of college with like your friends like popping off (laughs) like that um it was it was wild that is wild but I'm talking about it because I'm seeing all this harassment that I got personally on like you know, 2016 through 2019, like now it's happening on a national stage. And it's really wild to see my YouTube comments play out in headlines. Um, And that's what's happening right now. And it's really scary. And I don't do a ton of in-person events anymore. I mean, because of COVID and the pandemic, um, but also I'm starting to think about safety concerns, right? Like I did a, I did my last in-person gig was in October um, in Las Vegas and it was the first performance I'd ever had where there was a protest outside. Um, And it was scary. And like, my wife was very nervous about it and yeah. I'm trying to I'm I have a book coming out in May and so I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to tour and I I don't know with the political climate right now it's scary so it really yeah, is you know and this shooting has really made me cuz we have we we we've been planning on taking um our kids to a drag brunch mm-hmm. for fun you know I have a friend who hosts one and yeah. we're going to do it and all these, you know, and and like we don't go to the gay bars anymore because we're old moms. <laughs> <laughs> but I would be a, like I, it, it, the fear there. It just instills this new fear in you, and I don't yeah. want to bring my kids anywhere near it. Yeah, just in case. Yeah, just in case, right? Mm-hmm. So it's fucked up. Yeah. God, I hate the hate. Come on. Yeah. But that's why representation matters, and that's why we have to keep doing this and normalizing this. Yeah. And putting it out into the world so that hopefully, and the, the children are the future, mm-hmm. you know, forgive my, like, corny thing to say. No, but I, I agree with you. I think investing changing in the world. queer and trans representation in children's media and in education is mm-hmm. absolutely the way to change the world. And I don't think that that's hyperbolic either. I think that, like, that is actually the way to shift culture and make yeah. things different. Because, I mean, look at Gen Z and yeah. how how progressive and how involved and engaged they are because they've, I mean, one, grown up in a world with an incredible amount of gun violence in schools, but also so many of them identify as queer and trans. And Uh it's because they have had resources that we didn't have when we were growing Mm -hmm. up. And a lot of that's 
due to people like us who are making that work happen. And I mean, I'm just like waiting for the day when like a teen or like early like Gen Z or or someone comes up to me and is like, you were my Mr. Rogers. And Uh, like that. You are. I, I mean, wow. are. <laughs> yes. I, that's that's kind of the archetype that I'm trying to fulfill publicly. We need a non-binary way of saying Mr. Rogers, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think that the this is the new Mr. Rogers thing um, gets thrown around a lot right now. Yeah. <laughs> to describe people. <laughs> I was one of the first. But um, you were. You it, doesn't, were. it doesn't matter. But um, <laughs> I I'm, I've also kind of been like. Because, like, that's the persona that I put on, right? Like, that's the queer kid stuff. Like, that's the character that I play. Mm-hmm. And I I think a lot of, like, the journey after queer kid stuff has been, like, okay, who am I outside of that character? Who am I outside of my work? How can I find that work-life balance? How can I hone in on, like, doing what I want and the stories that I want to tell in different spaces and different modes and different mediums? And... I mean, everything that I do is mission-based, right? Yeah. And that's the most important thing for me and is what keeps me going. Yeah. I can really relate on that. And I can really also relate to how overwhelming it gets at times. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, (laughs) how much it matters and then how do you make sure that it gets out there in the right way and... Yeah. And a lot of it's been like deconstructing the like capitalism of it all, right? Of like the hustle culture and like, okay, Mm. we don't need to be putting out something all the time 24 7 take a lesson from you no but it's hard too and i like and i grew up in a family that you know had really high expectations and like you know gonna go to a good college and get good grades and and i've been figuring out my neurodivergence and so like that's been a journey all on its own (laughs) and figuring out like okay i can still do the work but i can also take care of myself at the same time Mm. um Mm. and like I have taken up a mantle for sure and like use the skills that I have and like the intuition that I have and the want that I have to do this work and to be this person in within my career. But I also like I'm still a human being. And at the end of the day, I have to be able to do this in a way that's sustainable and the way in in a way where like I can still take care of myself and function. And Mm. that has been a huge, huge learning curve. Mm. I got to say, I'm so happy to hear that your generation is focusing on self-care as a Gen Xer. It was not the (laughs) it was not the push. And especially in the black community, Mm. it was you better be a Claire Huxtable. You know what I mean? Oh, that was that's yeah. our model. Yeah. And to work like that and to still take care of a family and to still look good. And it's incredible the pressure that our generation X generation X has had. Mm. But it's so great to see your generation and young the Gen Z's say, wait a minute, do you really have to keep going? Mm-hmm. Do you only need to get by on four hours of sleep? Maybe you should, you know, talk to a mental health professional. And I know that we laid some of the ground rules for that, but I feel like y'all took it and and just, I don't know why I'm running, but (laughs) (laughs) but just ran with it. And the work that you're doing is so important. And I know it could be scary, but you got a squad. Mm. You know what I mean? You got a squad. So in us, most definitely, but in our community, we squad up. So when you do travel, making sure that you have us around you mm. and because our network is deep, you know, between yeah. the HRC, between GLAD, between 
our LGBTQ podcast. LGBTQ task force. Mm-hmm. The LG- There's so huge, many places. We're a community and we will mm-hmm. rally And we around. will keep each other safe because you shouldn't be scared. I've been thinking about that a lot, too, about going in public and doing things. And it's, yeah, it's a lot. Because I'm wondering, are they getting at me because I'm black? Is it because I'm queer? <laughs> like, what is it? Uh, yeah. It's, it's a lot. Right. There's, yeah. there's some intersectionalities in there that cross. Oh my yeah, gosh, right? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, being just keep doing the other. good work. It's oh. really well. So it's let's, necessary. Let's segue to what are you doing now? You're still doing this work, just in a yeah. different way. What do you? What yeah, you up to? yeah, lots of different ways. And queer kid stuff is still very much alive. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got like a Patreon, and we put out educational resources. And um, I, yeah, again, do those like performances across the country and virtually. Like queer kid stuff is like is still alive and well in me and in Teddy, right? Um, So, but outside (laughs) of that, um, so yeah, I run it as a business um, and we do a lot of cool projects. We had this like letter writing project where we commission queer and trans grownups to write letters to queer and trans kids. Um, It's called Dear Queer Kid. It's just like a beautiful, beautiful project. Um, We're working on connecting with more queer and trans educators. We just threw like a mini conference. So we're doing a lot of work kind of like under that brand. Um, Mm -hmm. Otherwise, um, I'm now an author. I wrote a book. It's coming out in late May. So that's pretty wild. That's what kind of my podcast is an extension of. It's called Rainbow Parenting. So I'm doing that. Um, I'm doing a lot of work in the TV film space. I've been pitching shows and writing some scripts and um, I can't really talk about most of it. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's a good thing, though. That means it's popping. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing that is out is that I worked on the um, Blues Clues and You Pride Parade video that like went super viral um, a couple prides ago. Yeah, Um, Liz. mm -hmm, Go ahead. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was pretty awesome. I wrote some stuff for their digital team. And um, if anyone is in Canada, I wrote on the Faye and Fluffy show, which was awesome. It's this, it's basically like drag story hour, but in a children's like yeah. preschool show. Um, it's really only in Canada right now, unfortunately. Um, but Canadians, Canadians get to are enjoy- better than us. <laughs> Canadians get to <laughs> enjoy that. Um, Step ahead, time. you Canadians. I know, right? I had a great time <laughs> writing that. Um, yeah, so I'm doing a lot. And what is your book? Describe what the book is and what people will... Read yeah, totally. Read so it. it's called Rainbow Parenting. It's uh, your guide to raising queer kids and their allies. So it's really like a parenting philosophy book around how to raise kids in a queer and gender affirming way when you don't know how. Because yeah. I mean, and that's for straight and like ally and cis ally parents for sure. But it's also for queer families who we all grew up in a cis heteronormative world and like how do we parent when that's the only thing we know how do we raise kids and it goes through for i mean the first kind of part of the book is like really deconstructing like this is what like discrimination against kids is childism these are the stigmas that we hold around queerness and children and why this is like such like a hot button topic um so really getting in there and like getting comfortable with being vulnerable and like understanding that like we make mistakes in this work and it's just about being transparent and open and honest with young people and then it kind of goes into like an age based kind of guide through how to talk about sexuality, gender, identity, activism, social justice, um, intersectional identities, all of that kind of like as your kids grow older. So in kind of infancy, then into pre-K and then uh, kindergarten. Love it. Um, so, so, yeah. first, so first you get the If These Overs Could Talk book and you learn how to make your baby. <laughs> yeah. 
and then you get then you read lenses and you learn how to parent them so that mm-hmm. we're doing the, a rock star freaking job mm-hmm. creating these amazing human beings who are going to go out there and change the freaking world. yeah that's the right? idea that sounds like a good plan yeah. I think it's a perfect plan when does this book come out it comes out may 30th okay we have may some time 30th. Yeah, we so, have all time. Yes. Oh, it's pre-orderable oh, right now. You can pre-order oh. it right Where now. Where can we pre-order it? Anywhere you get your books. Uh, my personal preference is bookshop.org. I love them over there. Um, but you can get it wherever you like getting your books. Go go to your local bookstore and pre-order that jam. Exactly. Go, go do that. Go to your library and tell mm-hmm. them they need to pre-order Request this it at book. your library, please. Yes, do it all. Do all the, And then do it also for my book, please. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I, my idea is that like this is a perfect baby shower book. Yes, yes. That's this. This is a perfect little duo of mm-hmm. baby shower book right there, yep, or exactly. wedding book. It's perfect mm. wedding and baby shower mm. book. There Look at go. that, boo, mm. boo, yeah. We're creating whole packages. I have for some you. queer weddings coming up. You, you two just did it. We just I really did. Done. It. Thank oh you. I'm getting two of those books. The married wedding amazing. is in June. Hey. And then also, you know, and then get a <laughs> subscription to our shelves for your kids when when they're grown, because our exactly. shelves is great too. Look, we, yeah. we got it all figured out for you. You don't even have to go anywhere else except listen to this podcast <laughs> and do all the steps we've just laid out. Yes, and the queers are going to be okay. We're going to be, be okay. I think so. Absolutely, we're changing the world. It's we're getting there. Yeah. We're getting there, one teeny tiny step at a time, and mm-hmm. then a couple steps backward. But we're 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 making progress. Yeah, absolutely. That's the idea. And so, okay, so it wouldn't be if these ovaries could talk the queer families podcast if we didn't talk if we to didn't you. ask. About what your the possibility. sign is. Oh God! Here we go with the sign. <laughs> what sign? He are needs you? to know your sign. Well, I'm I'm a Scorpio. Um, ah, so yes, it's my son. I, Happy birthday! I had a feeling. Happy a Scorp- birthday! Yes. Thank you. Um, yeah, Scorpio, Sun, uh, Leo, Moon, Aquarius rising. I got a lot of fixed energy. <laughs> nice. That's a good blend. I think so. It's a little intense sometimes, <laughs> yeah. but uh, well, we get through. But that's where that fire is. That's yeah, that's yeah. why you keep creating yeah. all this good stuff. It's stubborn to um, a fault. <laughs> and you have you have alluded to your wife. We know you mm-hmm. have a wife. Yes, I do. Um, have y'all had the the possible baby making chat? And and what have you discussed in regards? If to you're that? comfortable talking about yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm comfortable. I'm trying to like figure out how much I've like told the rest of my family versus oh, how much uh-oh. I'm gonna be uh-oh. telling uh-oh. the 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 great public um, of your podcast. But it, it, but it's okay. You heard it here first, folks. Exactly. I'm like <laughs> exclusive. I'm like exclusive I don't think my parents info. are gonna. I don't think they're going to listen to this podcast. Who knows? Um, Probably not. uh, uh, Who knows? (laughs) I mean, the Um, whole world listens. Didn't you know that, Lynn? Oh, yeah, obviously. obviously. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so we definitely have had conversations. I mean, kids have been part of the conversation for a long time. Um, I definitely want kids, and my wife does. Um, It's not quite as easy as some of the heterosexuals. Um, We've got a lot of decisions to make before we talk about this all the time. The intentionality. That you have to put into these families and the decisions you have to make before you even get to the point where you're starting the process. Oh my gosh! Absolutely, is a whole thing, and it you should probably listen to the first 190 <laughs> episodes of this show because oh gosh, there you yeah. go. If you got a question or a need or an understanding, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we've been having conversations. I want to say like almost over like the last year or so mm-hmm. of like how we want to go about it and like what the thought process is. Um, I think like the first part of the conversation was like who's gonna carry and I am like not totally at a place in my gender journey where like that feels comfortable for me. It's also like not necessarily something I've like been really wanting to do in my life. Um, and I feel like people have strong opinions about wanting to be pregnant. I feel like this is like people there there are some people who like really want like that to be an experience that they have. And yes. I've, I've never really 
felt that. And I think my wife really wants to. Um, so that's she, the best. Yeah. That's a great scenario because mm-hmm. when you have a, a couple where one really wants it and the other one's like, yeah, not so much. Mm-hmm. That's an easy decision made right there. Yep. At least absolutely in yeah. the moment. You in, never know what things could change. Exactly. And I future. could definitely foresee in the future, like that being something I'd be open to. I mean, the other consideration is like, I'm someone who is a public figure and like is uh, whatever I do to my body. I mean, is probably going to be public in some way, shape, or form. And mm-hmm. trans pregnancy is something that's really difficult in like public world. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that's like also a consideration I'm having. Um, mm. But yeah, that's something I maybe will do in the future. I have donated my eggs before, though. Oh, you um, have? Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. Twice. Well, we're gonna um, have to get into that. We're gonna have to get into that. But yeah, tell us. So- Tell us just the, wh- where you're at with this, and then let's mm-hmm. segue to that. I didn't even know that. I yeah, love yeah. it when we learn this new stuff. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, my yeah. God. Um, yeah, so okay. we can talk about that in a second. Um, but, yeah, so my wife and I have been having – so she, we're, she's probably going to carry – she um, has PCOS, so that's something, mm. like, she, she's been trying to figure out um, and understand better about her body. Um, and we've been – we had, like, a conversation about, like, known versus unknown donor. Mm-hmm. That was, like, a big thing that it still feels pretty overwhelming to me. Um, yeah. But I think we're probably going to go with an unknown donor. Mm-hmm. And um, so we're looking at sperm banks and mm-hmm. trying – the biggest thing Thing is like budgeting and saving right now um yeah it's expensive to get we have sperms. a we have a discount code oct Ooh. california cryobank Ooh, okay. OCT. we might go with seattle <laughs> but um who knows okay um, we're not- and can i just jump in and mm-hmm. say pcos is something that i had mm-hmm. and though i didn't get to you know give birth it mm-hmm. did clear up through acupuncture oh acupuncture and western medicine the metformin mm-hmm. i don't yeah. want to i don't yeah yeah, yeah. But the acupuncture did it, you know, it mm-hmm. gentilized, uh, this is a word that I made, gentilized. I love it. It gentilized. <laughs> we, we make a lot of words. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the drug, and it moved things along a lot faster. Fascinating. She has done acupuncture for her chronic pain, um, mm. but I didn't know that it was a thing. For oh, PCOS. fertility acupuncture is a big thing. Fascinating. I will pass yeah. that message along. <laughs> yes. Queers helping queers, honey. Exactly, that's what it's about. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so that's we're we've been we're starting to like talk to midwives, and um, uh, my wife's like doing some blood work stuff, and yeah, we're really just kind of like saving up so we can start uh, probably in like the late summer after my book comes out, and like uh-huh. the nuttiness of June happens, and when things are hopefully like a little more chill. Yeah, um, but it's never it's never chill it's never enough. Chill. This is the one. <laughs> listen, my mother is is not one of those moms that really gives advice. She just oh, I don't know. What do you think about that? That's usually Mama Sue's mo. But the one piece of advice my mother gave me was when we were grappling, like, do we start? Do we do it? I don't know. We have this going on. Uh. Mm. My mother said it's never the right time. Either yeah. you mm. do it or you don't. It is never the right time, and it's never going to be the right time. It really never. Isn't because yeah, totally. you lose all control when it comes to children. There's no control. All this is it. your first lesson in life: is there's no control. You think uh, you have yeah. things under control, but you really don't. And you really learn that when you start making them babies and. Yeah, yeah. And I'm and I'm around kids a lot. I teach early childhood right. music and I nanny and I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm around kids a lot for queer kids stuff. And so, yeah, the chaos of young people is I'm very like in and out of it right now. And I can choose when that's yeah. a part of my life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're, we're trying to make that a thing. So, yeah, that's, that's where super we're at exciting. Well, we have to have you back. 
Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, that's kind of how it goes. <laughs> when it's all coming together and we're and we're making decisions. Yeah, and, I really because, feel like I'm going to regret yeah. having written a parenting book. <laughs> no. No, 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 it's going to put you to the test, though. Yes. You have it this will. area of expertise when it comes to this stuff, and 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 we want your knowledge when mm. it comes to queer kid stuff and how to talk to our kids about it all. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> it's I think you just do a beautiful job. I really do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and now we need to know about the egg donation yeah. because where did that come from? And walk us through that. And yeah, kudos totally. to you. Good job. Thanks. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's something I mean I you know went freelance and was pretty broke and uh reached out. It was a fertility clinic in New York uh-huh. that's very reputable and um they were great. They just kind of like they really liked me and I passed all the genetic testing uh-huh. and um I'm like one of like probably a handful of Ashkenazi Jews who doesn't have the is in the carrier oh. for Tay-Sachs. Um and uh I did it twice. Um I went so wow. ba- so yeah, basically I went through like the IVF process um and my body was like pretty fine with it. I was very bloated and, uh, you know, went through the procedure. And what was wild is the second time that I did it. Um, I wasn't living in New York anymore. So I was kind of like doing it long distance, which was weird. Um, but when I was in New York and like doing the actual, um, like when you're doing the actual cycle, you have to like go in for checkups, like every couple of days. And it's a very intensive process. Um, it was March 2020. Oh, wow. Whoa. Yeah. So Timing. it was like, it was like pretty much the week that everything started shutting down. Wow. And I remember, so I had to go on the subway and get to the fertility clinic like every other day for these yeah. checkups. And I remember mm. every time I went, there would be less and less people in the waiting oh room. The hand sanitizer started coming up. People started sitting like a a seat away from each other people started wearing masks uh-huh. it was just it, it was it was a really it was really wild and yeah, i was I and imagine. i think i was one of the last people who did a donation um that do you year. do you know do they tell you where your eggs go or if, if do they let you know if any children were born from no um so the clinic that i did it through is completely anonymous um and that wasn't necessarily my choice that's just like how this particular clinic does it is that it's blind on both sides so i have no idea who the parents are and that's crazy because the donors the sperm donors can know oh i didn't know that um but yeah i think that's just i i don't think that that's true for everyone i think that that's specific to this this clinic and also Um, this was a couple years ago things have changed a Rapidly. lot, even right. the past yeah. two yeah, yeah. years. Yeah. So I have no idea if I have biological children oh. um, there. I donated twice. So yeah. that's more of a chance that it right. took and, and worked. Um, but I, I really don't know. Um, the only way I would know is if I did 23andMe and they uh-huh. also did 23andMe. Which could wow. end up happening in the future. Could you never know. Yeah, right? I mean, honestly, that would be the reason why I would do one of those services. To find out. Yeah, maybe like in like, you know, 16 years. Yeah. <laughs> what a good thing you did. That's amazing. What a beautiful thing. Thanks. I, You're an awesome human being. It's just, I, know. I, I feel like we'll never have enough time. I know. Yeah, I, it turns out that I'm incredibly fertile. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Well, maybe. So this is the beauty of having two folks with uteri mm-hmm. who are creating a baby because you know you're super fertile just in case. Just in yeah. case. 
Yeah. Yeah. You can yeah. use your and you don't have to carry reciprocal. Yeah, IVF we've talked is about that. Option. We've definitely talked about that as an option in the future for sure. Um, because we've talked about like wanting my wife to carry and like to use her egg for the first child and potentially use my egg for the second child, whether mm-hmm. or not I carry would probably be a monetary thing um because i'm assuming that that's a lot more expensive um it is yeah it is um yeah so like money (laughs) is like the thing but um well hopefully insurances even come a longer way for us queer folk absolutely yeah i think my wife's job just started doing a fertility stipend um okay so yeah we're getting we're getting there baby steps yeah exactly literally (laughs) baby steps to baby steps Uh yeah Ooh, look at that talking about baby steps to baby steps i Mm. love Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just been such a pleasure to talk to you, Linz. Mm-hmm. And like E said, I really do feel like we could talk forever. And I yeah. can't wait to show my kids that I, we're, we're, I'm tuning them into queer kids stuff like Great. ASAP. But you know, it comes better from other people. So probably have some somebody else refer it because yeah, if, he with me, I know my I, son yeah. won't watch it if I say watch it. Right. There's that. There's that. Yeah. But we're just so glad you're out there and you're doing the work mm-hmm. and and pushing through it, even with all of the terrible rhetoric you've gotten we're here for you we're here for Absolutely. you and we, we got are your community back. Mm, appreciate and it. we <laughs> are here to uplift this amazing amazing stuff you're doing mm, we yes. love it absolutely and we yes. can't wait for you to come back and tell us about your baby making journey oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yes and you can bring your wife maybe at the time Ooh, if she's fun. yeah yeah, yeah. Be so fun. we love wives yeah. <laughs> oh tell everybody uh all the places they can find you and where to get we already talked about the book but just mm-hmm. say it again just for shits and giggles yeah totally um i am at lynn's amer l-i-n-d-z-a-m-e-r on all social platforms you can also follow my work at queer kid stuff one kid queer kid stuff people get that wrong sometimes um yeah. i wrote a book called rainbow parenting you can pre-order it now it's going to be out may 30th of 2023 i also host a podcast that's an extension of that book called rainbow parenting you can find that wherever you get your podcasts and i think i think those are all the places awesome um, love it go check out lens follow hit follow hit like do the, do all the stuff all the stuff we make you guys do for us now <laughs> yes. y'all have to do it for lens too it's absolutely a, it's community Exactly. Thank you so much, Thank Lynn. you, Lynn. Well, thank you for great. having me. This was lovely. Ah, Lynn's. Yes, I love Lynn's. What a great, awesome, amazing conversation that was. Like, Lynn's really knows their stuff. I'm so glad they came in to talk to us. And, you know, this conversation and all of this just really reiterates the fact that representation really freaking matters. And the more we normalize these conversations and topics, especially to our kids, the more positive change we're going to see in the world. Um, the kids are going to go out and change the world. I mean it. They're badasses. Um, I'm, I'm really grateful to Linz for coming on to chat with us. And you should just go out there and follow their podcast and pre-order their book and do all the stuff that we ask you to do. <laughs> and I also have to say a huge thank you, you know, to all of our Patreons who are helping to make this show possible and you can join Patreon too. You, you would do a good thing and you get bonus content like videos of, of most of our episodes dropped a day early, crazy behind the scenes shenanigans uh, of me trying to get it together with my kids perhaps and anything else I can think to put up there. It all goes up there. It's a special place for community. Um, you're just going to head to patreon.com slash ovaries talk to join that. And the holidays are coming it's a great time to get yourself some If These Overs Could Talk, the Queer Family Podcast merch. 
And we have all kinds of merchandise, uh, and there are so many designs. You can put those designs on any product in the store. We have t-shirts, mugs, notebooks, face masks, laptop cases, you name it, it's there. Go to tpublic.com, search for If These Overs Could Talk, or go to our link in bio in our Instagram, and get to the store, and you're going to find that also on our website as well. We're everywhere. You can't miss it. Go get that merchandise. And join us on Patreon and, of course, social media. Can I ask you all a favor? If you're not following us on social media, please go and do so now. Because whenever we take a break from uh, releasing episodes, we're still posting in our social media. We are still staying present for all of you. Um, and so it's just a great place to keep in touch with us and, and stay in community. So you're going to follow us at Ovaries Talk on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And also on YouTube. We're everywhere. Support the podcast. Join our community. Be there with us. We love you. I have to say a huge thank you to our sponsor, Lightstream. Lightstream is the nation's premier online consumer lender, and they offer low-interest fixed-rate loans from $5,000 to $100,000 for practically any purpose. And a huge, huge, huge thank you to all of you for tuning in and to all of our Patreons who are helping to make this show a possibility. And um, without further ado, I have to say, eggs, ovaries, out. We'll be back next week. Thank you so much. Ovaries could talk, they would say. Eggs, ovaries out. <laughs>